Ed Ruckel here. Hey, Ed. Great to, great to see you, and thanks for taking some time uh, to meet with us today. Uh, this is Mike Callahan, and I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, Jeff Devereaux with uh, No Veteran Left Behind. He's a real su strong supporter of this program. Introduced me to Ed, and I'm um, getting to know Ed. He's a pretty interesting guy. He's got a great history of um, uh, working in computers and different kinds of technology, and he's got some really cool resources that he's, uh, he's making available to help, to help uh, veterans. But let me not steal his, his thunder. Uh, Ed, if you would, tell us a little bit about yourself and then share with us uh, what you'd like to share about the, the work that you've done and the resources that you've created out there for veterans. Well, thank you, Mike, and it's, a, it's an honor to be here and to share the stories. Uh, I never turn down an opportunity when I can get it, okay? But uh, I, to give it a little bit of an idea, I'm born and raised in Canada and uh, in a little place called Windsor, Ontario. You may know that. It's not very far from Dearborn. And uh, uh, born and raised and stayed here, dropped out of high school because I wasn't doing very well, and at age 19, joined the American Air Force. And I don't know what drove me over there. I think it was an uncle. <laughs> Say, you got to get out of town. And I wasn't in trouble with the law, but I think he thought I was going to be in trouble. So off I go to Detroit, joined the American Air Force, passed the test. I have no idea how I did that. And next thing I knew, I was on my way to Lackland Air Force Base. And uh, uh, when I went in, they, they said, well, you're a high school dropout and you're too damn dumb to be anything but either a cook or a bus driver. And I was smart enough to realize that bus drivers go to the dining hall to eat. So I took it. And anything was better than what I had. So I went in, became a cook. And uh, uh, my first base was Amarillo, Texas. And uh, with uh, Sackwing out there, Air Training Command as well. It was a detached joint base and stayed there. And they shipped me off to Germany and uh, went over there to, to uh, Sembach Air Force Base and then on up to the missile sites at Gunstadt. Uh, and my wife's Canadian. She came over to, to Germany in 1964. And we got married in Grunstadt, Germany. No money. And uh, we never thought, remember those days when you're young and invincible, but they, sure, were, sure. they were just fun. And uh, got in and I stayed there, broke about six million eggs. I thought enough of this stuff. I went off, got more college, came back and uh, retested. And I wound up in contracting. And I stayed there, and then uh, within a year or so, I was in Air Force. I was became an Air Force instructor and spent my next seventeen and a half years with uh, roughly wow. uh, as an Air Force instructor. Yeah, and I uh, retired in '81 out of Scott Air Force Base, uh, and uh, then moved back to Canada in '89. And here we are. Well, here we are. Well, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Well, it, it, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because I never thought of. I never considered myself patriotic, right? I mean, it was just something I never thought about. You know, when you're young and invincible and not too bright. In 89, I was getting health care in Canada through the national health care system. It's what drove us back to Canada. And um, so we're doing our thing there. But then I had a 40,000 Canadians served in Vietnam. Now, they went over there and about 140 are based out of Windsor and they're air calf guys, Navy guys. They covered the branches of the service. And uh, one of them said, you know, you ought to go to the VA and get registered for health care. I said, why? I've got national health care in Canada. He says, no. He says, you know what? They saved my life. I don't need health care the state. But anyway, he said, no, you ought to go over there. I'll meet you over there. And they did. Got over there. Got signed up. And uh, had no idea what I was doing there. I didn't, I had a, of course, a, 
a provider, right, a doctor, if you will, that was giving me pills, but I wasn't sick. I had no health care issues. I'm 79 in November, no health care issues whatsoever. Uh, I don't know, have high diabetes, cholesterol, nothing until March 18th, or excuse me, May the 6th of uh, uh, 2018, when the VA, not Canada, found a double aortic aneurysm and it was free. And I was going to turn it down because I thought I don't need it. I feel good. Again, back to, you know, young and invincible, going to live forever kind of stuff. And I'll be damned if they didn't find that. Had it done in Canada on the 4th of July. And uh, because, you know, the VA, of course, is closed across that last weekend. And uh, when I got there, they had, I had two aortic aneurysms, one a 6.5 and a 7.2, both on death's door, didn't even know it. So oh. the VA changed my life and I had an international thing going so we could get the, the Canadians talking to the Americans. And I thought this cool as hell, right? We've got all of this going for us. And it became what I called the perfect patient experience. So I gave out thank you cards, three by five thank you cards to 60 people, both at the VA in Detroit and in Canada to promote and tell them how much I appreciated the service I got. That perfect patient experience turned me around and I jumped right into what to uh, the patient experience and my veteran facilitator com website. So today I specialize in helping vets get the, you know, have the perfect patient experience like I did. Because most people don't think of their hospital or their doctor visit as a journey, but it is. It's a journey that has multiple steps to it. And the VA was backing me on this. They were trying to improve customer service, trying to improve patient experience. And uh, by George, it's turned around and doing pretty good. So that's what I do at Detroit VA. Uh, I, uh, I'm a volunteer there as well. And I'm the director, the chairperson for the Veteran Family Advisory Council. I report to the director and the hospital leadership on anything the veterans don't like. And I make sure that the leadership knows it. We make recommendations for improved patient experience. Wonderful. That's, yeah, that's what I do. Well, so who, I'm, I'm sure we can put your, uh, your website out on, the, on this podcast so that people can access it. Well, thank uh, you. But who, who would be the who would be, uh, best person to take advantage of what you, uh, what you provide? Somebody that's in the hospital or somebody that's sick or somebody that's healthy or Well, what? right now we're dealing with outpatients. So that's outside the hospital, right? Uh, they're okay. not in there for surgery like I was, right? Uh, but any veteran who's... Uh, uh, any veteran that's that's eligible for VA health care is eligible for uh, the VA website. I mean, anybody that's in it or anyone that wants to learn about uh, eligibility, then we, okay. we bring them into the website. And then once they're in, we educate them. Then we take them down the patient journey. So yep. either somebody that's interested in learning about it or somebody that's beginning to getting involved in you trying to use the, the VA um, healthcare, and this can help guide them through that journey that you're talking about. Absolutely. You know, 21 million veterans run around the United States. Less than 9 million are in the VA healthcare system. So what are the other 12 thinking, right? And we realize that a lot of it, most of them uh, are driven by one, they may have all the healthcare that they need. Maybe they came out of the big three or whatever. But uh, uh, most, a lot of them we're finding are running around, not joining up for VA healthcare because of myths, things that someone told them that isn't true. And there's basically seven. So we cover that on our website as they go through their journey, right? And we get them registered. We have what we call mentors. 
that are assigned to these vets. So we have to sort of hand cradle these guys and we walk them cradle to grave through the system. We mm. don't just let them run loose because for some vets, that's not a good thing. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Everybody needs a little help and mentorship. Oh, and Absolutely. And, and it's all free. We don't charge anyone and it's open to the veterans, the family members and the caregivers. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's very cool. I'm really anxious to <clears throat> share this and, and looking forward to learning about it myself some more. Um, we're, we're pretty much wrapping up on time here. Is right. there any other final thoughts that you have? Uh, this You've told us a great story and, and I know people are going to want to take advantage of this. Well, you know, they story? can just give me a call and if it's okay, I can give you my phone number if you want to do that. If they want to just go ahead, go to veteranfacilitator.com. Okay. And they'll see a little uh, pop-up come up there and it'll say, become a part of the team. And, or they can just, you know, search through it, see what they think. They can give me a call. They can send me an email. It's all there on the website. Okay. So it's on the website. So we yep, don't even. They just, just fill out that the... form and uh, I'll get back to them. And I have chat bots at the bottom. They can just talk to me online and chat. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. All available. Yeah. Okay. Well, Ed, th thank you. This is really good. And I, I know it's a super valuable uh, experience for, for vets to be able to take advantage of this. And I'm really excited about getting this out there. Well, thank you. thank you, Mike. I appreciate the opportunity, like I said, and uh, good luck to you in this. Thank you. Have All a good right. day. All right. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Bye.